We are very disappointed that Tempe voters did not approve Propositions 301, 302, and 303. As Tempe Mayor Corey Woods said, this was the best sports deal, sports deal in the history of Arizona. The Coyotes wish to thank every single person who supported our efforts and voted yes. So many community leaders stepped up and became our advocates, and for that, we will forever truly be grateful. We also wish to thank the countless volunteers who worked so hard to try and make the Tempe Entertainment District a reality, and the Tempe City Council for their unanimous approval and support as well. While we wanted a different outcome, we remain grateful to all those who volunteered their time and their talent. What is next for the franchise will be evaluated by our owner and the National Hockey League over the coming weeks. That was Coyotes president and CEO Xavier Gutierrez. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but, and maybe I'm a little bit naive here, but I went to bed thinking that deal was done. I thought that they were going to get the Tempe Arena deal and the Coyotes would be staying in Arizona for the foreseeable future. Sounded like they had a wonderful plan in place. But that's not the case. It's been a wild ride for the Coyotes franchise, as we know. There's, there were so many instances where we thought it would be the final gut punch for the franchise in Arizona, whether it be in Phoenix or in Glendale or now in Tempe. There's always been this thought that the organization would pull through, almost like a little engine that could type thing. Now, we're not so sure. I feel for the fan base here. They've been through all the ups and downs and and as many ups and downs as lots of sports franchises have been, but not clearly the same amount. It's been a rough ride. It must be torture not knowing whether your team's going to be in that city or in that state each coming season. I feel for the day-to-day staff, the people that work for the Coyotes organization that this is their livelihood that's being affected here because we can talk about and people say, you know, the coyotes organizations, this and they're that. And some people will say that they're a joke and they're playing in a small ring, but there are human beings that work for this organization that their day to day lives are affected by last night's vote to the point where they may have to uproot their families if they choose to stay within the organization. And then it's going to, it's going to be their choice, but it's not a choice that a lot of people ever have to make when they're in that position, because you just think this team isn't going anywhere. And maybe they've gotten used to it because there've been so many instances where we've seen change. I was texting with, with one of the members of the, um, the staff with the coyotes and just, before the show and and shock was the word that they used. I was very surprised. I'm not going to lie. And I think a lot of people were and people that have covered the story a lot more closely than I have. I think we're also in the same boat. Like I said, this has been an ongoing thing for previously the Phoenix coyotes and now the Arizona coyotes. We think about all the names involved seemingly that have, which has been in a tenuous situation from for a long time now with the team in the state, whether it be the Goldwater Institute, Judge Redfield, T. Baum, uh, former owners, Jerry Moyes, Andrew Barraway, Steve Elman, Wayne Gretzky, 
and current owner Alex Morello. There have been stories written and reports about the untenable situation with the team being in Arizona with the new ownership group. Look no further than them playing out of Mullet Arena where Arizona State plays out of. And for for all the little nuances that we've heard about how fun it is to go watch a game there, how exciting it is, and it's a different view and all that kind of stuff, it still is a little bit of a black eye for the NHL as they go forward here. Enter Commissioner Gary Bettman. I understand why he wanted to keep the Coyotes in Arizona. Like, I mean, look at the remaining four teams in the conference final. Those are all teams that came into existence in their current markets under Gary Bettman. They're all non-traditional hockey markets, warm weather cities, all of that stuff, all part of the dream. If it weren't for hockey in Arizona, we may not have a player like Austin Matthews. There has been growth here. The issue is, is that we don't know where things go from here. He's seen other non-traditional hockey markets thrive, and it looks like this vote last night with Tempe City, with the with the people of Tempe, that this may finally have been the final straw for the Coyotes in the state of Arizona. We wait and see what's next for the Arizona Coyotes. Elliot Freeman on the other side. Let's get the Jeff Merrick Show started. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese in for Jeff Merrick today. He will be back tomorrow and joined on the line right now by Elliot Freeman, Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. Well, thank God you didn't take the day off today, Elliot. I was going to text you like three minutes ago and say, you know, sorry, Matt, I need the day off. I think I had a lot to say. <laughs> even even, I, even me, I thought that was too cruel. And you know, I am very cruel. Yeah, I, I know you are, but that's okay. So, obviously, the big story of the day is the conference final. No, I'm kidding. Um, last night, the vote with the city of Tempe, this arena deal that has now fallen through. Um, I guess the first question is, how surprised are you that this didn't go through? Because every indication that I had read and seen was that things were very positive and a lot of people thought that this, maybe not a slam dunk, but it was going to happen. You know, I, I got, the one thing is, I don't have a good answer for how surprised I am. Because I just, like, with this kind of thing, this is out of my area of expertise, and I'm never confident predicting winners in elections. But the one thing I will say, Matt, is that I do not believe political polls. And I haven't for quite some time. Um, you know, if, if you've ever spent, like, there was one year when I worked on a political campaign and I did some polling and it was uh, like you, you call people up and you ask them their opinions. And I think that it, it's a lot different now than it was 30 years ago when I did that. First of all, how many people answer their phones? Secondly, how many people are really being truthful? Like, Nobody, nobody takes surveys on phones anymore, at least nobody in my circle of people I know. I don't know if I believe polling anymore. And plus, in many of the last few elections, the polling has turned out to be, I don't know if completely wrong would be the answer, but way off. Like, think big elections, small elections, go back just over the last little while and see how much polling has turned out to be inaccurate. So I generally don't listen to polls. Um, you know, whether they're good or bad. Um, 
You know, there was a lot of reporting in the days leading up to this vote. I read a lot of it, and I was—I thought a lot of it was very interesting and very well done. But I refused to let it influence my opinion. So I went in last night with an open mind. I really felt I didn't know, and we were going to see what happened. And uh, so that was when it was when it, when the answer came out no. Like the one thing about Arizona is um, there was another. There was one. I noticed there was like one other uh, uh, question that was being asked about, in, like, there were three with the coyotes and there was one other one, and I looked it up and it was something about like um, like fire, like, like something to do with the fire uh, department, some extra taxes for the, for the way that was going to work, and that got voted down too. And, you know, Arizona is a no-tax state. I just don't think people there like extra taxes. And, uh, so, I mean, surprised or not, I really don't have an opinion on that, Matt. But, you know, I, I'm disappointed for the true fans of the Coyotes and the people who have worked in that organization for a long time. I, I think it's really tough, um, but the people have voted. And when the people vote, you have to listen to what they say. Yeah, I, I've had the same sentiment in my open. I, I To be honest, Breach, there have been so many other iterations of problems with the Arizona Coyotes or the Phoenix Coyotes previously to that, that I didn't think that this was going to be the final straw here, but it does kind of feel like that's where we're at right now, at least with them in the state of Arizona. So, so what do you think is going through the mind of the NHL right now? I don't know what their thoughts were on what the results may be. I have, I have no idea of that, but I would assume that everything is on the table when it comes to the Arizona Coyotes at this point, don't you? Well, yes, I think that uh, now, you, now you're working on your plan D and your plan C, D, E, and F. Um, you know, I, look, I, I think the biggest questions are, in no particular order, number one, uh, you, is there any chance you can move with the Suns? And re, like, like I, like there's a reason Gary Batman has fought for this market. Whether you agree with it or not, he has fought for this market because... Arizona, Phoenix, the surrounding area is a major U.S. market. The NFL has a team there. The NBA has a team there. Uh, major League Baseball has a team there. It's, none of that is an accident. It's there for um, a reason because it's a big market. It's a big market, and you want to do it, and you want to be there. And, you know, I, so I think if there's any chance they can save it with the Suns, I, I, I think I will, I will try. If, if there's any chance they can save it with the Suns, they will try to do it. One sec here, Maddie. <laughs> I don't know if Elliot is, is, I don't know if Elliot is saving someone again, like he did on his walk the other day. Um, but um, there he is. Uh, Were you saving um, someone again? No, 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 there was nothing like that. Um, so, like there's there's that thing with with uh, there's that thing with the Suns, and then you know the the second thing is is that if that can't work, then they're going to get moved. And I think the question is, are they getting moved now, or are they getting moved after a year? Like 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 that's one of the biggest questions I was trying to ask last night and this morning, Matt. Is can they move right now? Like, you'll remember when they ran out of time in Atlanta, they had Winnipeg ready to go. 
So I think the question is, who's ready to go? Like, I think there are various cities. um, Like I mentioned on the pod this morning, I mentioned Houston. I mentioned Kansas City. I mentioned Salt Lake City, although I think that's more down the road. Some people have started wondering about Sacramento because their owner took a look at the Ottawa situation. Does he have interest in hockey? Um, you know, I had, I had a couple of people reach out and say, you didn't mention Portland. You should mention Oklahoma City. Like, you know, I know in Canada, like, I think we all want Quebec City. I don't know that I see that here because I think they want to keep the West-East balance. So I think it's more likely a Western-based market would be the answer. Um, but those are all possibilities. I think there becomes questions about who's ready for it. How soon are they ready for it? Do you prefer, like, you look at the success of Seattle and you look at the success of Vegas. Do you prefer a non-NBA market, but also beggars can't be choosers? Like, I think the other thing, too, is does the NHL buy the team or does Morello move it or does he sell it? I think all of these questions have to be answered. But to me, the biggest one is if there's no ability to save down to, to save it with, with the Suns, how soon can you move it? Well, that was going to be my question was about if if they decide, okay, we have to do this immediately. Obviously, you need a building that is ready. That's why Quebec City always comes up because they have the yeah. Videotron Center. And I understand the idea of wanting to keep the East-West balance. But what, what do you think the drop-dead date is here? Because you, you have to have some – like, obviously, you would want something in – soon but soon doesn't really work when you're dealing with moving an entire franchise like at what point do you think the nhl goes well this isn't going to work for this year maybe we need to put the team up for sale and then we can kind of go from there but at some point they're going to have to make a decision on this year and maybe playing out a mullet arena for one more year is what's going to happen do you have any sense of when they need to make a decision by like when was the atlanta thing because i feel like that was in the spring I was just going to say that. I think that's the surest predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And uh, the um, the uh, Atlanta to Winnipeg was right before game one of the Stanley Cup final. So we're talking end of May, beginning of June. Okay. Um, now, here's the other question. Do you think, because there there's obviously been a lot written about the organization under Alex Morello, and there's been some seemingly untenable situations there. Do you think that with the way that this vote went with all the other things playing in a college arena because they got booted out of Glendale and all the other stuff that's gone along with it, not all of it is Alex Morello's fault, but do you think that the NHL is in a position to quote-unquote make him sell the team? Uh, I think the commissioner has great power. Uh, so, I, it, like, if it came to that, absolutely, I think it could potentially happen. That doesn't mean it wouldn't end up with some kind of a fight, but um, it could have, like, look, like, the, the NFL just made Daniel Snyder uh, sell the commanders. Um, sometimes you get to a point where it happens. Yeah, that would be that would be quite something for the NHL. Uh, Elliot Freeman from yeah, Hockey Night in oh, Canada. Uh, uh, no, I should say, like, those things are... There were other factors. Yeah, there were other factors, but, but there's, it can happen. There's also the question of, well, Gary Bettman works for the owners. We all know that. And how many of these owners are looking at this situation? Like I'm especially the, the wealthier ones. I'm sick of writing a, a a revenue sharing check for a team that's playing out of a 5,000 seat arena. 
Well, I think the other thing, too, Matt, is, first of all, that's true. And secondly, I think, I think there will be a lot of pressure from the Players Association, too. Um, I, I know that when um, Walsh was going through the time to – was going through the process of being hired there, Arizona came up quite a bit that I think there were players and agents who felt that um, the NHLPA had not pressured the NHL enough on this issue. Now, there's a limit to what they can do, but he he heard it very loud and clear that the Arizona situation was something he was going to have to deal with, and he was prepared to wait to see if they won the vote or not, but he knew if they lost they were going to have to push for a solution. And Arizona was actually the first team he met with. So I, I do believe that um, it's a situation here where you're going to see the Players Association, in addition to the owners, push for some kind of solution. All right, more on this Arizona situation. I think also, too, yeah. like one other thing I want to mention is, you know, I think Arizona was waiting on Logan Cooley's decision from the University of Minnesota to join the team this year. I don't know where that stands, but I've got to think it's tougher for them to convince him to come out this year until they know, until he has a better idea of what their future is. Yeah, it could be playing for the Houston Coyotes next season. We have no idea. Um, that would be that would be interesting. Uh, more on this with uh, Craig Morgan in just a few minutes. Um, okay, shifting gears here. Uh, Oilers held their end of season availabilities for their players. Uh, we will hear from Jay Woodcroft and Ken Holland around 1 p.m. Eastern. We will have it here on the Jeff Merrick show. I was I was pretty impressed with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel and, and specifically Leon Dreisel because I think he's a really thoughtful guy when it comes yep. to giving answers. But I was really impressed with the maturity level of those guys because it really did feel like a different kind of vibe than what was here in Toronto, albeit the Oilers have had more playoff success with those two guys than Toronto has had with their core. But I loved when, when dry was talking about like cup or bust and we don't care about individual awards. Like that to me sounded like a guy and Connor McDavid, much of the same that has really grown up and, and has realized like Nathan McKinnon did at one point that I just want to win and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that. I don't know when that happens for players, but it certainly feels like it's happened for both McDavid and Dreisaitl. Well, I think it's been that way for both those guys for a while now. Like, if you watch this year, McDavid scored his 50th in the game they lost, and, and, you know, all those reporters, they know. They're going up to them and say, oh, damn it, i got to ask him about his 50th, and he's going to snap at us because they lost the game. Like, like, McDavid is surly after losses. He, he cannot stand to lose. And... You know, so I wasn't surprised to see them the way they were uh, yesterday. Uh, not at all. And I don't think anybody who's around them on on a day-to-day basis or close to it was surprised about that either. I mean, those guys burn to win. And, um, you know, that was a winnable series for them. I thought Vegas was the better team. They, they won it. They earned it. They deserved it. But there's going to be moments in that series that the Oilers look back and say, hey, like we had them and or we could have had them and we didn't get it. So I think when that happens, it it just angers you even more. Uh, what do you expect, if anything, from, I mean, Jay Woodcroft probably, we're, we're not going to get anything too, uh, too um, big in terms of news, but what about Ken Holland? Because as you mentioned, there's one year left on his deal. I'm, I'm assuming he's not going to, 
come out and say next year is going to be my last year. But there's also been rumblings about maybe moving him up to president of hockey ops role and then bringing in somebody like Steve Steos. What do you think happens today, if anything? Um, In terms of like what he might say, anything, do you expect anything big? Well, I think there'll there'll probably be some talk about uh, Matthew Bouchard's future, um, or sorry, Evan Bouchard's future, and what kind of contract they feel they can do there. So I think that's one of the things. Um, I I don't know what he'll say. Like, I know that there are people who suspect that next year will um, will be his final year, but until Ken Holland says it, you know, I don't know what, uh, until Ken Holland says it, um, you know, you can't obviously run it or claim it. And uh, so I'm sure he'll be asked about his future and Steve Steos or anyone there. And, you know, one of the things is he generally plays his cards very close to the vest about this kind of thing. So I'm curious what he's going to say too. And, uh, but I, like I said, I, I do think people have suspected that next year will be his, his final year and we'll see where we are. Um, you know, I know also, for example, New Jersey, Tom Fitzgerald speaking in a few minutes and people have suspected that Lindy Roth will be back as head coach of the devils and, and we'll see where, where that goes to. So we might get some clarity on a couple of fronts today. I have to ask this question only because it feels like a day-to-day thing. Do you have anything further on Kyle Dubas and Toronto? Uh, We still haven't heard from Brendan Shanahan, and we still have no idea what's going on with the coach. Like, I know you mentioned yesterday they'd like to probably get this done sooner rather than later. Uh, Do you have any Mm -hmm. update there? Well, I don't think that Shanahan will talk until after Dubas makes his decision. Um, You know, like like I said, I I think Dubas is taking a couple of days to figure this out. Um, I, so I had said that, um, like, I, I believe they've been working, they were working towards an extension. And I think that people thought that this was going to get done this week. Now, again, everybody's not so sure. The one thing I do believe now that I didn't know before is that I think they've been talking about the idea of an extension for a little bit longer than we thought. Like I thought the decision was made. Okay. After the Tampa series, all I can say is I'm now under the impression it was earlier than that, but I don't know when, um, that they had decided that they were going to extend them. And I think everybody thought that this was going to happen. Um, obviously, Dubas has some decisions to make, but I think the organization is kind of like, okay, they, have, they, they are starting to think about, okay, we thought this was going to work. If this doesn't work, what's our plan B? Because I think you start to say, okay, what, what are the chances are Dubas actually comes back and says, look, I'm stepping away? Or do you look at it and say, hey, he might not be ready for this right now? So I think, I think we wait on his decision. I think everybody wants this to be wrapped up this week or at least know it's going in a certain direction one way or the other this week. But I do think the organizations also start to think a bit, all right, if we, if we don't have Dubas, what's our, what's our plan B? I'm interesting that you mentioned that you think that the deal may be a little bit longer. Could there be something in there where, because it's a longer term deal that Kyle starts out as GM and then after a couple years of grooming, whoever, maybe it's Jason Spezza, maybe it's Brandon Pridham that he gets kicked up to like a president of hockey ops job. Do you think that might be something that's on the table? Not as far as I know. So I, 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 I don't know that to be the case, so I don't want to say yes sure. or no, but not as far as I know, Matt. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to get ahead of you here, Elliot, with all my non-inside you know, it's, sources. It's, it's, it's a really good question. Like, it is a really good question. 
but I, I don't know the answer. I have not, I have not heard that. So I don't want to proclaim yes or no. Okay. When I have my performance review next, I'm bringing you in. Say Matt asks good questions. Okay. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to bury you just so you know. <laughs> I'm very aware of that. Okay. Um, coaching vacancy. So there's a few, uh, Anaheim, yeah. Calgary, Columbus, New York, and Washington. And, uh, the New York post ran something today that Mike Sullivan is not going anywhere from Pittsburgh, which no, leads not. me to believe that he is, uh, is very friendly with the ownership group. And that whoever the GM that comes in is not going to be able to fire Mike Sullivan. So that one we can put to bed. But um, there's a couple interesting ones for me. Anaheim has a really bright future. We, we know about the three defensemen that were named uh, defensemen of the year in the WHL, the QMJHL, and the OHL. They've got Jamie Drysdale. They've got some really good talent up front. And they're going to add probably Adam Fantilli to that group. What direction do you think Pat Verbeek goes? Is it going to be a veteran guy that they bring in, or do you think it's going to be a younger guy that has experience with dealing with young players, much like we've saw we've seen with Arizona when they went with Andre Tourney? Uh, I don't have a good handle on that one yet with Anaheim because I don't think they're very close. Um, I think Verbeek is overseas right now. I think he's at the World Championships. So... I, I just think that that one is not I, – I, the one thing I think he's going he, he, he's, he's to ask for is he wants a coach that's demanding to force them to be more competitive. Uh, but I don't know much else besides that at this time. I think it's a little bit early uh, for them. Calgary, obviously, they're going to wait until uh, they get the GM done first. Um, uh, I think they're going to – um, uh, I, I think they're going to wait and see and get the GM done first. I think the closest team is Columbus. I think they really want to get something done. I don't think it's going to be Babcock there. I think both Columbus and the Rangers like Laviolette. So we'll see if that goes. The whole Sullivan thing was a pipe dream. There was no way that was happening. I'm no, I know the Rangers lust after him. But that's that's not happening. Um, and you know, as for the uh, as for the uh, Penguins and their GM search, uh, I think they've got uh, a few people that they're looking at now. I think they're kind of in their second phase. I said on the podcast today that I think the group is kind of like uh, Darsh from Tampa, McKinnon from New Jersey. Um, uh, who am I missing uh, on my list here? I was like uh, McK- uh, Tulski from Carolina, and maybe one of Greeley from Dallas or Carmiles from Buffalo. I'm not sure. I know they interviewed some younger people. Um, I know they interviewed some people who are a little bit different, um, which I'm not surprised about for them because it's kind of fits what they do. And you know, they've. I, I think for the president job. Um, you know, they, they've talked to John Chaika. The one, the one name about there, and this is kind of an addition to what I said on the pod today, um, uh, Jason Botterill, like, I, I, as I was saying to Merrick on the pod, Matt, these are tough ones for me because we work with, like, for Brad Pascal, who I think has now been interviewed, if not twice in Calgary, and, and Jason Botterill, like, we work with their family, and I, mm-hmm. I really don't like anyone. I really don't like talking about them because I don't want anyone to think that we're getting information uh, from the obvious sources. I don't think that's fair to them. Um, but the one thing I've heard about Jason Botterill there with Pittsburgh is if he's going to go there, I'm not convinced he wants to go there as GM. I think he, 
He would rather be the president of hockey ops. So I'm curious to see what that means for the Penguins. Like, is he a, is he a candidate for that job? So I'm curious to see how that plays out. And Calgary, um, I think Conroy, I think Pascal. Uh, I heard that they they've talked to Dave Notis, the former Leaf and Canuck GM. I believe he's being interviewed there, and I, I believe there's uh, a couple others too. Okay, the I'm I'm trying to find connections here because uh, you said. Laviolette may be Columbus, not maybe Columbus, but they're heavy in on Laviolette. They also interviewed Babcock. Do you think that Mike Babcock is a fit? I mean, we don't know if he's a fit, but do you think that's somebody that maybe Anaheim would interview? Because there was a little bit of an overlap between Pat Verbeek in in Detroit, albeit he was a scout uh, and Mike Babcock. Or do you think that that's not the route that they want to go? I honestly don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I believe Columbus talked to Babcock. I believe, depending on, like, I believe certain people in the Rangers organization had interest in Babcock and certain didn't. Um, you know, the one thing I've heard about him is if he does return, because teams do call him, I think he wants somewhere that's a little bit quieter. And Anaheim would certainly fit, but I don't know that he's on their radar. Uh, one last one for you, Washington. Uh, anywhere oh, yeah. there on uh, their coaching search? Well, I think a lot of the names are names that we people have heard, Carberry, Halpern, but I have heard there are others. I just haven't uncovered them yet. This is kind of a pie in the sky here, but do you think there's any chance because of the success that he did have a, in a brief moment that Bruce Boudreaux might be a candidate to go back to Washington? Uh, I haven't heard that, but... Uh, I'd love to see it. Yes, so would I, because I know Bruce would come on the show, and that makes for great radio. He does anyway, yes, but does. I, I had to throw that out there because I'm always rooting for Bruce. Okay, uh, back to it, Elliot. I don't know if you're saving people today or what else you're doing, but enjoy no, no. enjoy one last night off before things kick into high gear again tomorrow night. Thanks very much, Matty. Have a great day. You too. There he goes, Elliot Freeman, Hockey Night in Canada, and 32 Thoughts. When we come back, more on the Arizona Coyote situation and what the heck happens next, what what went wrong, and how does this affect the day-to-day operations of the franchise? Craig Morgan from Phoenix Sports joins me, Matt Marchese, next on The Jeff Merrick Show. You're listening on the Sportsnet Radio Network, watching on Sportsnet Now and Sportsnet 360.